1: the show now this is the show now (laughs) yes we are here we're done we're all on we're on air now yeah how are you sam
2: i am uh i'm fine it's (laughs) the end of the work day that's always we either record this at eight in the morning when i'm still waking up or like an hour after I got home from work, and my brain doesn't want to work anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: dude, I uh, I am not. This is weird to kind of do this on a Tuesday night um, instead of our what? usual <laughs> recording night. It's Tuesday. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Um, how are you, Greg? You look like you just rolled out of a a dirt pile. Out of a dirt pile. Yeah. Uh, he's got bit. a he's got a uh, a neon yellow shirt on, Sam. I don't know if you can see yellow him. safety yellow he's wearing today. Not, well,
3: I would I'm hope so. So
2: safe. <laughs> so safe.
3: Cool. OSHA wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs>
1: what were you doing today that required you to wear a yellow shirt
3: a, a, a thing called packer testing where you put pipes in the ground and then you pump water out and it's it's super interesting for it people like who it. pay for it but people who don't really don't care
1: <laughs> it's like space poop is
3: it exciting a space yeah, poop. it's kind of like space poop cool it's a little bit like space poop yep it's not That's as awesome. cool as space bears though no, no. space bears Spa- I the little the little microscopic bears I
1: was listening back. So why to are we here on a Tuesday So is a we're better here question. on a Tuesday. Thank mm. you, Sam, for the segue. Yeah, because I was going to start talking about Space Poop again. Um, we're actually here to talk about our interview <laughs> with uh, Brad Feinberg, uh, who is a trainer extraordinaire. Actually, also Greg and I's college roommate. Uh, Greg, what was your first? And, in- and
3: Greg's uh, ex-high school classmate.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that. What was your first impression of, uh, of Mr. Brad?
3: Hey, he's tall, too. <laughs> because I was in high school, and that was literally the first thing that I thought about that guy. Was and also, oh, he plays trumpet. I play trombone. Brad played trumpet. He did really. He was very good. Interesting. Maybe he still is. I don't know. I should, I wish I would have known that. I would have asked him. So
1: we had a great interview. You don't usually
2: become bad at trumpet after being good at it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) it's like a bicycle, right?
2: Well, at the very least, you don't just like pick up a trumpet again and someone just goes, oh, he's bad at that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He at least knows, like a few things. He knows how to make sounds, not <laughs> just like how's this work? And like put on my head. <laughs> uh, what would put But in why? in college, uh my my I guess next first impression of him was right. um oh wow, Brad got really strong. <laughs> he was kind of like in high school, not like say like he was like bad looking or anything, but like not he was skinny. He was like a. He wasn't pole, right? skinny. No, we, he had some 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 husk to him. He some was a little husky. husky. I'd I'd say he was on the smaller side of husky. Okay, but he was tall, so you know, that helped out. But then in in college, he was the captain of the rugby team. Yeah, when I met him again, and I was like, oh, Brad, Brad's Strong. <laughs> Brad, Brad B. Yeah,
1: that's where Feinberg Smash came from, which yeah. was like his mating call. Smash. But yeah, we never really had to worry about too much when we went out with Brad because like either A, everybody knew him or they were just terrified of the man and they didn't say anything to him. So that was always kind of exciting to go out. But it was fun. Um, that
2: was the only impression I ever really had of him is who's that huge ginger guy that's always yeah. around you guys? I'm <laughs> not, I not that. messing with that guy. Yeah, I going yep. to stay away from him. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Yep.
1: So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, it, it's exciting to sort of see my own results working with Brad and his program, Brad S Fitness. Um, I've been, sh- I struggled with weight uh, probably from the time I was a kid. Um, my dad's kind of solution to everything going on while my parents were getting divorced was, hey, let's go to McDonald's and get a, get some cheeseburgers and make everything better. And that just kind of became my life. And I had, you know, it was uh, it's been a long time coming getting to this point. And I know you both have shared with me in that experience and then also your own experience. Um, Greg, it was yeah.
3: Financial anxiety from a very young age that spilled over into stress and depression and eating habits. And it, it just became a vicious cycle. I don't blame anybody for it. It was just, you know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't blame my. It's just, you know, a, a collateral damage. I don't know.
1: I, I mean, I definitely don't blame my dad for anything that happened. No. I mean, it was it was literally a circumstance of yeah. what he needed to do. I'm not mad and at him for it. I mean, it just unfortunately became a big, a huge part of my life was eating like dog shit. Yeah. You know, just
3: eating like crap. Because if you feel bad. A a hamburger is delicious. It's even more delicious on a bad day. (laughs) You're not
1: wrong. What about you, Sam? What was was the catalyst to kind of jumpstart you and your weight loss?
2: Well, I I can't really say that I had, like, a struggle. (laughs) I mean, I I was a fairly uh, active kid, you know, between uh, the activities I was doing. I played a lot of sports. And uh, the only time that I think I really turned around and realized that, like, weight was something I should maybe be more conscious of was once I was a little bit older in college, um, I was never classified as like the big guy, I don't know, I I guess I was always like an athlete and that stuff too, uh, for the most part, but um, once I got out of college was really when it started to be something I noticed um, when I started working and uh, for that matter, I was like early 20s and uh, sitting around a radio station all day and buying whatever food was cheap and whatever I wanted. So, you know, uh, right, and right. anything came to mind. But um, I don't know. There's Something hit me. I think one of the times that it really hit me was when uh, I was getting a, a new driver's license. And I think I was like, I want to say I was like 24 or 25. Uh, well, no, it couldn't have been 24 or 25. It was like 22, okay. 23. And um, I looked at the old picture. and I looked at the new one. And I was just like, wow, like I've, I've gotten bigger. So... Um, <laughs> You know, it was, it was a matter of really just, uh, before it was not thinking about it and it really turned into being a lot more conscious about, uh, the things I was eating. Uh, it never mattered to me that much before. And then just finding ways to get back into exercising. It took me a lot of different tries to find, uh, you know, sort of a, a routine that I really liked getting into. And, uh, I ended up seeing a lot of results from that. Um, admittedly since then it's been kind of a up and down, mostly up in the last, uh, you know, four years or so for me where, uh, you know, there are, uh, <laughs> there are consequences that come with losing, uh, weight, like, uh, people finding you more attractive and then you like have relationships and stuff <laughs> and then relationships yes. tend to, uh, send that back the other direction. But, uh, no, yeah, I, I can't say I had any like emotional struggle with it or anything. I think I struggle more with it emotionally now because I know where I was at one point. Sure. And, uh, I struggle to mirror you know having all the time in the world to myself to do whatever I wanted, and now it's not not really just about me anymore so
1: no that um, ma- that makes sense and it's i'm I'm kind of in the same boat it's like i i you know i know that I can see the results that i've I've worked for you know like I've busted my fucking ass to get where I am, sure. and I still struggle with that visual of myself. I'm very dysmorphic, so it doesn't matter it's almost like in some ways it doesn't matter how much weight I lose. I can only still see the fat guy that I was in like 2014, 2015 huh. when I was at my biggest. You know, I was uh. I was pushing probably 260, 270 at that point. I don't remember the exact number I was at, but Well, let me ask um, you
2: this. Um how how do you deal with doing like a juxtaposition of a photo of you now versus then cuz that's something that I got kind of obsessive over not like that I cared that much, just that like it helped me to I never I never had that issue. I, it's hard for me to relate to. I'm just that's why I'm kind of curious.
1: No. Yeah. And that's a great question, because I, I do that from time to time on my social media. I'll post like, you know, here's a, you know, reason number 64 or whatever to 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 make sure you do whatever you want or whatever uh-huh. it is. Um, I do look at that. It does give me some context and clarity as far as where I am compared to where I come from or where I came from, rather. Uh, but it's. It's still hard for me to look at myself now and not see that huge humongous guy. Like it's just something I guess that's been programmed into my brain and I'm trying to work through. Um but I am sort of obsessive with photos of myself now, right? Like if I took a photo a month ago um, and I look at myself now and I'm like, oh, shit, I look like a pig, like I put on weight, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But like I don't take into account that like I just got my hair cut before that photo was taken, or you know, my beard is thim- thinner during that that period of time. or, you know, uh, um, when I, I still have some like – it's not much, but it's weight around my stomach when I tighten my belt. You know, so there's, like, different, like, small little things that happen that sort of fuck me up. But yeah. it becomes a it. it I, I do, in some aspects, I do kind of stress about it, and I do kind of obsess over it, but not as much as I do if I'm looking at comparing pictures of myself, like, apples to apples in a way. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah,
3: what,
1: absolutely.
3: What one really unhealthy thing that you just did, and I actually – I, I, so I lost 100 pounds. You guys know yep. I lost 100 pounds and I did it very uh, quickly and unhealthily. I talked to my doctor about it and I lost 100 pounds in five months. Jesus. That was uh, from yeah. when you hurt your back, right? Well, when, I, when I hurt my back, I, I basically hit a point where my body is falling apart. I need to do something about it. I need to do something drastic. And I, I didn't do it mentally healthy, physically healthy or emotionally healthy. I basically became anorexic. I, I was a fat guy, but I was anorexic. Um, I I wouldn't eat more than 800 calories a day. Wow, and I was obsessive about it. And when you said I have a little bit, uh, like you kind right. of did this like eye roll thing, like you can't. Okay, you, you you have some pudge. It's not a big deal. You have some fat. It's it's right, you're a human right. being, it's and that's okay. the thing. It's it's, 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 it's really a, okay to be like that.
1: For me, I think not to cut you off or yeah. jump in but I mean I think that's kind of Brad's message too is the biggest yeah. part of what I take away from everything is, is like if you don't if you're not loving yourself mentally and emotionally yeah. you can't love yourself physically and you can't become that full person of who you want to be right? right so I I do take time where I stop and I'm like look you need to stop with the bullshit just think about where you came from think about where you are it's a marathon it's not a sprint you're going to get the results you want as long as you stick with what you're doing yeah. so I, I, I do try to Keep that in mind. I do try to keep focused and sort of look at the big long game picture of things, but it's still, yeah. you know, you're human. You still go through. That. I'm sure you both have gone through that and done that.
2: I like to keep the mantra that while I was into going to the gym, I was into training, I was into whatever uh, at 24, 25 and being interested in, you know, like hanging out at the dirt track with my friends, drinking beers. I wasn't training for the Olympics, was always like what I had in my head. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Cause I don't know. I guess the only the only real comparison here is I don't think I had any mental blocks about it, and I don't think I had any particularly unhealthy way of going about it. I I think I at the at the peak maybe once I started really getting smaller, I maybe was a little bit unhealthier. But um, yeah, I just like to keep that like sort of average guy mentality about myself. Um, as far as like being happy with where I was and I was happy with where I was going. So it was, it was definitely a matter of understanding the whole process rather than focusing on how many pounds do I want to lose or what, uh, muscle tone is most important to me.
1: Exactly. I want yeah. I, I want to focus on being healthy and being the best person that I can. I mean, when you hear from the doctor being, that you're pre-diabetic, I mean, that's the fam- That's yeah. my family curse. Yeah. It's like, fuck this. I'm not doing that. And I decided that that was the point that I was going to do it. And it's never too late, right? You want to jump back on the horse. You want to get after it. Do what makes you feel like the best version of you. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I I, I typically tell people when they tell me, oh, you're, you know, you inspire me to, to lose weight or whatever it is. I, I don't, I, I, I like hearing that to certain extents. But I don't because it's like, I don't want you to compare yourself to me. You know, I don't want you to compare yourself to anybody else. And I did that for you guys for a while. Like when you guys were losing all your weight, you know, and I had to stop and say, like, yeah, I need to stop focusing on what Greg and Sam are doing and focus on what Adam should be doing to make sure that he is the best version of himself. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah,
2: that's definitely one of the worst things you can do. Not you specifically. Right. No, I know. uh, Hypothetically speaking, is just ask somebody who has like measurable results for something like that. Like what do you do? Or what did you do is probably a better thing to not say. It's like, yeah. Because it's that's the other part of it is it's not a matter of here's the thing I did and now we're at a stasis. Like we're at a point (laughs) where like we're we're good now and we can just go back to not worrying about it. It is a conscious effort to just be a healthier person in general and most people, if they're being honest with themselves, aren't always <laughs> willing to commit to that on
3: a on a regular basis. One, one of my biggest responses when people ask me like, Oh, what'd you do? I was like, "Um, got motivated to lose weight.
1: <laughs> I
3: mean, yeah, that's really it. That's like, really you know, hilarious. in gym class in like 10th grade, and they're like, Oh, you gotta eat right and exercise and you'll be in shape. Yeah, they weren't lying to you. That's it. <laughs> that's all that it takes is to yep. eat correctly. And to exercise. And And maybe listen to Brad. And Brad. And listen to Brad. Or Brad's friends
1: or people he know, but mainly Brad. One thing before we get out of here, before we go into the interview with Brad, um, Brad talks about his epic cheat meals, and I've been with him during those times.
3: I've seen some of them on the Instagrams.
1: What is the most unhealthy thing you've eaten at one time? Me?
3: Yeah. Um... I know what you're thinking of.
1: Yeah, at the time that you and Sam put donut, chocolate donuts on your pizza at my apartment at Walnut Sprinkled Street. Sprinkled
3: them on gingerly. Had I had Shit. more of them, I might have considered that unhealthiest <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that, that was like a one-bite deal, and we were yeah. kind of like, ugh. We'd
1: also been in a partaking liberally in some in some drinking, so there's
3: also that aspect. I lemonade that night. I don't know what you're Bullshit. So, what, okay, what's the most unhealthy thing you've eaten? Most unhealthy thing, uh, probably, um, wasn't a lot of it, but fatback.
1: What is fat back?
3: It's just basic. You know, when you cook bacon and there's just like that really. Thick the one time Joe's fat. not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, right? I, don't, I don't. I actually don't know what it is. I think it's like the. It's, it's literally just a strip the ba- of fat. It's just a strip of fat. Wow. It's just fat. Like a little. It's little adjacent candy. to bacon. It's. A, okay. Yeah, it's, it All right. Yeah. It looks like bacon, but a thick portion and like big and it's just fat. Just nasty. It's just. It's just fat. When that wasn't technically like disgusting, it was just unhealthy.
1: Sure. No, that makes sense. What about you, Sam?
3: I don't know
2: if there's a specific like food like that, that was like, it's an unhealthy thing to eat. So I ate it. I think it really comes down to like quantities. True. Um, what like, and, the, my more regular affection for them, like, um, the idea of putting two grilled cheeses made with Texas toast uh, oh. as the buns for a cheeseburger or, <laughs> oh, um,
1: man, yes.
3: You know, I I got one various pizza delicacies. I I encountered this recently in Philadelphia. It's called uh, Sam's Morning Glory Diner. Okay, I I, this was before I was I'm now doing uh, intermittent fasting and keto. This is before that I ordered a Monte Cristo. So the bread that they use is literally brioche French toast. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. I'll, I'll. that was probably one of the more unhealthy things I've ever eaten. I will like,
2: also pepper in the other ultimate food item is the sheets quesarito.
1: Now I think you told me about this. So it's a case <laughs> it's a case So you take bowl. an entire
2: quesadilla, it's like a it's like a twenty inch around quesadilla, and you put all your burrito fixings in it, and then wrap it up like a burrito. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It Sam, is is. selling me on sheets,
3: here's, man. Here's here's the
1: thing, and I can pinpoint oh, this. Oh wow,
3: wow, man, but mm, sheets.
1: I can yeah. pinpoint this almost to the to the to the letter of what the most unhealthy thing I've ever eaten is there's a pizza joint in Westchester called Amore Pizza. Fabulous food. Heck, yeah, there they is. have these they have these fa- they have these sandwiches called fat sandwiches. And it's basically like it starts the base as a cheesesteak. Oh, okay? yeah, that's 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 from Are You Hungry yes. and yes. Rutgers. Yes. yes, it's the same idea. So they had something there called a fat bitch, the sandwich. So it was a that. Cheese yeah, steak, that's the one cheesesteak with fried eggs, um, mozzarella sticks, um, french fries and ketchup and mayonnaise on it. And that was probably the most unhealthy thing. Like, mm-hmm. just it's just basically a it's a testament and a tribute to gluttony is really what those sandwiches are. It's actually a testament to a
2: guy who was such a uh, high caliber trainer that he was looking for a high calorie thing to uh, eat before he really got into his training, and that's how the fat bitch was born. Really? Um, yeah, look up that story sometime. It's a it's a fitness guy from Rutgers who uh, originally started that. Very
3: cool story. But yeah, no we got we shit. Should turn safe search on when you look up fat bitch. Well, uh, Jesus.
2: yeah, just look up uh, fat bitches on Google later uh, yeah, and so we could short, probably just, end on that
1: note. I'll just type <laughs> in fat bitches just on that. And then, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, without further ado, here is our exclusive interview with Brad <laughs> Feinberg. Oh, my God. What time is it right now in Vegas?
4: A uh, little after 7 a.m.
1: You are. Do you, now, my, I guess my first question to start this is, do you ever sleep?
4: Um. It depends. Sometimes <laughs> I'm up for 90 some hours. And <laughs> other times, uh, I do get some sleep.
3: It's just
1: maybe like an hour or two. Right. Yeah. Drinking your coffee. I can see. So yeah. um, Brad is the uh, is setting the fitness world on fire right now. I guess that's a fair assessment. I can say that. Right. I mean, you're really like Setting it to, on uh, yeah. Starting
4: to, I'm, I'm like starting to strike the match.
1: That's amazing, That's right. man. So, uh, for those who don't know, Brad and I, um, actually know each other from college. We met about 10 years ago when we roomed together in, uh, in South campus, uh, at Westchester university. And from the time I met Brad, I always knew that he was destined to do something like what he's doing. Um, tell me a little bit about when you got into fitness, like what, started that movement for you? What was the catalyst that made you want to make this a living for yourself?
4: Well, I would say I've always been in, I mean, and like, I, 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 label it more than just fitness because it's, it's really just like health and wellness. And the reason I say that is because for me, as you know, when I was five, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. That's right. so that just made me very aware of, Hey, you need to take care of yourself. So just with my parents looking after me and teaching me and all the educators I went to, I knew there was something about like putting good things in your body, exercising from a very young age, not more because I had to, because if I didn't, my blood sugar would be all over the place. But then I would say, Middle school and high school is when I really started to get into strength training and performance uh, because of just playing sports. And then I remember the day I was in sophomore um, health class and we were talking about metabolism in the body. And it just like it was a light bulb that went off in my head. I was like, the body is literally the most amazing machine on this planet, just with literally what it does how it adapts and gets through life um so from there i was just like i just started researching everything i could about the body um everything from like autoimmune disease because i have one but right. all the way to like you know trying to be the biggest bodybuilder in the world and like trying to perform at a top level so that it was like sophomore high school is when i really started to be like this is really kind of what I want to do. And then as I'm, I'm sure you remember, I always yes. talk about wanting to be a chef.
1: I do remember uh, this. Yes. Cause I remember coming, I remember coming into the dorm and you would just be, you'd have the kitchen all set up. You'd have the freezer yeah. full of your prepared stuff. I mean, and it was fucking good, man. <laughs> like It was really good food. I just remember sitting there thinking like, shit, I wish I could have Brad cook all the time. <laughs> It was amazing, man.
4: It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah. So when I, when I was like getting into like, before I even came to Westchester and I was getting into like the next phase of my life, I literally was literally trying to think like, what do I want to do? Do I want to be a chef or cause I was, I was truly, I worked at, um, it used to be called De Fabio's in media. Like that's, um, I don't know what it's called now, but it was an ta- Italian catering restaurant. Uh, so that's where I learned how to cook. And wow. I, I mean, I could cook.
3: So yes, it was like I can attest to I, that.
4: You know how much I love food. <laughs> so um, I really had to think about like, what, where do I want to go? And it's like, this isn't an easy decision. So thanks to my mom, she was like, well, why don't you go for the first year? Just get some gen eds out of the way and think about what you want to do. And as we know, mothers are always right. Always. So I went to Westchester um, to get some gen eds out of the way. And then I remember... I kid you not, I was in the middle of working out and again, it just hit me and I was like, this is what I want to do. So it was high school and then first year of college is when I really decided that this is the path I'm going to take and went from there.
1: Okay. So do you think having type one diabetes shifted your focus to the fitness world or did you always have a drive to do what you do?
4: Yeah, I think I would have ended up somehow potentially in fitness because I was always active as a young age. But what I will say is diabetes, like, yeah, obviously it changed my life, but it, I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for diabetes. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a yes and no answer to that question. Okay. Was, yes, absolutely makes me more aware, but A hundred percent, like, it's, I would, I know I would have ended up in this field.
1: Okay, so you're in Westchester. Not a ton is popping off here in the area. I know you're big in the CrossFit scene, but not really a ton is working. You pack up and move to Las Vegas. What was the catalyst for that jump?
4: Well, honestly, what brought me to Vegas um, was I needed a new life. And the reason I mention this is because I know a lot of people could have been in the situation that I was in. Um there was a point where I was out of the fitness industry for a couple years um because you know I'll say it on the east coast it's a different mindset around health wellness and fitness than the west coast
1: how so um it's
4: it's not as i would say for the general population in my experience it's not as a priority Because in the West Coast, what I've noticed, the big thing about here is everything starts here in the sense of like when, and especially in the health and wellness industry, you look at the people, I can talk for Vegas, it's a lot of like performance and service type of careers and you have to look good. And that's more here then I could say a lot of somewhere else in the country. So in the East Coast, what I was noticing is that it was just very difficult to, not impossible, but just very difficult to pursue what I wanted to pursue in fitness. Um, so financially, I took another job and I got depressed. I I loved the job, like it was funny, because I loved the job that I was working at, but I, I did not like my environment in the sense I was at a desk job, nine wow. to eight to five every day, and I, like my body, I literally felt like I was dying.
1: You had a so, desk job? I can't yeah. even picture you sitting still
4: for no, more I than like
1: either. I can't. That must have sucked, man.
4: That was horrible. Oh my
1: god
4: it was horrible but the funny thing is is like i believe everything happens for a reason this job had me grow as a person it it had me develop as a leader had me just realize that there, like you can you're never stuck with what you have and you are the reason you have what you have not because of anything else right because yeah things always happen in life like of course But it's like, are we going to be a victim to the circumstance or are we going to stand up and be who we need to be to get what we want? Mm -hmm. And once I finally realized that where I was at on the East Coast, I was like, I need a new life. So I knew I wanted to get back into the fitness industry. And then, you know, through uh, talk of people and friends and there was a couple locations that I was looking at and Vegas was one of them. And I just heard such great things about Vegas. And the funny thing is, I mean, let's be real from a like tip of the iceberg perspective on Vegas, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) And when I told people, I was, you know, I was moving to Vegas, they were like, wait, what? I was like, yeah.
1: It's literally called Sin City for a reason. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Which of course,
4: but that's such like a small percentage of what Vegas actually is. Yeah and you know it's great to go see a show or let's be real hit up a buffet there oh my god yes Um, but you know it's like when being here in vegas like i maybe go to the strip once or twice a year and so when i'd really moving out there it was just all about like a new opportunity and you know leading into where i met dan so i got um I applied to a position at um, a company, a facility called Lifetime Fitness, Lifetime Athletics. And I love their vision. They were all about like their vision matched with what I wanted to do in my training with myself in the world. So I was hired as an assistant, like they're one of their assistant personal training managers
1: there. And that's what brought me out to Vegas. And then Vegas is where you link up with Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons. How did that come to be? So being there, um,
4: the funny thing is, is like, is like how I even met Dan. Um, so, you know, at the time I would say Dan, so two years or two, three years ago, I would say Dan, like, like visually was not as recognizable unless you were a true diehard fan, right. but you heard, sure. you knew of the song radioactive demons, you know, right. like you knew what they sounded like. So I remember my first um, session with Dan. He um, was this tall guy. He was very, like, lanky, and he didn't know how to move. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be ridiculous. But there was something about him. And I'll, I'll I'll say this to the day I die. There's something about him, I mean, which helps explain why he's so successful. There's just something about him that um, you can just tell that, like he's a force. He's a power. And you know, Dan is unbelievably humble. It's and so the funny, like our first training session, um, working out with him, this and that. And um, I asked him, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> 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 he was like, he's like, oh, you know, I'm uh, I'm a musician. And I was like, and he's like, yeah, I, I have a band, and we uh, we're doing pretty well. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, "What do you, um, you know, do, do? What, what party? Like, what instrument do?" do? says "I'm the singer." I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." Next session, goes, <laughs> so that was it. That was it. Because I'm, right. I'm just, was you in know, that. I'm trying to respect the space, just trying to, you know, feel sure. him out and trying to create a relationship. So next session, and he, right from the get-go, him and I clicked. Um, looking back now, him and I have a very similar mindset on a lot of things. So, the next session um we're talking again i was like oh so what's the name of your band and it's like the imagine dragons and i was like <laughs> i you know me i have a good poker face you do yeah and i in the inside i felt stupid because but i know you know it's like it's like why you feel you stupid? Yeah. but like i was like holy shit <laughs> i was like is this really <laughs> happening right now um, but the cool thing was, was that he came across as a human, Right. like, you know, when, when obviously to many, really, I mean, now to the world, he is this iconic figure, which he should be because of what he does, Absolutely. you know, he's involved in so many different things. He's literally changing the world. Um, but. He was a human and that's, that, that was like a big thing for me because, um, we go through life forgetting that it's like, even, even like as a trainer, when, when I was working at lifetime and, you know, people would walk up the steps and we'd have our lifetime shirts on, you know, this and that. I mean, I have this Viking beard. It's like to other people, we may not seem human and right. the biggest thing that i got is like no we're all just human. and it's like we all we all understand that but it's so funny in yeah. our minds we don't believe it.
1: right. so right.
4: he taught me a lot about just like being true to who you are and that's what had his and my relationship grow.
1: That's so cool, man. Like i and i know you don't get starstruck either but the idea of hanging out with like one of the biggest rock stars in the world for me like And I think when you say, like, we forget to be human, I think a lot of times people put this idea of who they are, you know, like like a Dan Reynolds or a 50 Cent or Kendrick Lamar. Like, you have this vision of who this individual is. And in reality, these people have the same fears, the same anxieties, the same tribulations in their life as we do. They just happen to be in front of the public eye with everything they do. So I think a lot of times I try to remember myself in situations like that, and that helps me, like – level out the funny
4: thing about that is that it like we also forget that we are human
1: (laughs) right right and
4: it's like we i I do this all the time where i think i literally have to carry the world on my back let's be real i know i can do it i'm strong enough i could
1: i would pay money to see that brad (laughs) and i know you could do it i know you could
4: it's like we get so caught up in the day-to-day of work and rarely do we realize that and I'm not saying everyone thinks this way, but just being around the world and, you know, interacting with clients, we forget that we're human. We are a lot. It is okay to be scared. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be in pain. Yep. Like we don't give ourselves room to feel that. It's like my favorite example of this is like, um, you know, okay, let's say you hurt someone's feelings or. You know, the first thing we do is we're like, oh, my God, I'm so, like, I want to fix it. I'm sorry. I'm going to help. Not because we care about the other person, but because we care about how we feel. Yep. Yeah. Was, we got to realize that that's OK. Like we are human. There's yep. nothing wrong with that.
1: And I think another part of that, too, is as as guys, I feel like we are programmed by society to not feel not allow ourselves to feel the way we do. Right. Cause you know me, I mean, yeah. as you know, I'm a very emotional man and I have no fear of sharing that.
4: Um, but that's I,
1: great. it's, that's like, I, I physically, I've got had to get to the point where I've, you know, a lot of therapy and a lot of training to say like, yes, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel angry about something that happened in my past or angry at someone who did something wrong to me and accept it instead of shoving it down. So then it explodes, as you know, diving into, you know, a pile of cheeseburgers and adding 70 pounds to my body. Um, Which is always fun. Oh, dude, it's a great thing. But you know what? I'm glad it wasn't cocaine. That's really I could have been a whole lot worse. Right. It could have been way worse than it was. But
4: actually, that would probably make you thinner. (laughs)
1: It would make me way more hyperactive than I am, Brad. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, <laughs> so you link up with with Dan. You you so then you become his his guy, his trainer. Um, so tell me a little bit more about Dan's situation too. Like he's got a several uh, health issues that you are helping him work through. So tell me a little bit more about that, and then I would love to hear you talk about your your travels overseas with them, the world tour. Sure, sure. And then your favorite place that you went. So let's start with Dan, and we'll circle back.
4: Yeah. So I've been working with Dan for now almost, gosh, almost like three, two and a half, three years.
1: Wow. Can't believe. And it's
4: um, you know, it's 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 funny because for the first year and a half, um, Dan was like one foot in, one foot out. Where all I really started with was just his exercise, and he started moving better. He started getting stronger, putting on more muscle but it was just like one foot in one foot out which was fine yeah um you know him and i his his and my relationship started to grow a lot you know i would go over his place we would hang out play video games whatever and then i then i found out that he had ankylosis spondylitis and ulcerative colitis which are two autoimmune diseases one impacting the colon and the intestines and the other one attacking your joints so his body from a stress inflammation standpoint was not the greatest. <laughs> right. Um So once he kind of told me that, and I, I did a lot of research on it because I wanted to understand, whenever I get on a client and they tell me they have special conditions, that's what I do. I research because the more I know about it, obviously the better I can handle it.
3: Or exactly. Help it. Yeah.
4: And then what he started to notice is he was telling me, he's like, Brad, I'm not in pain anymore. And all we were working on was mo- moving properly. And that's like, that's what's, it's, it's so funny when you go on Instagram and you go on the, like, <laughs> the internet, there's like a thousand and one versions to do a squat. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. You only need to do about two or three of them. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like the thing that I like want people to realize is that exercise doesn't have to be fancy. Now, yes, you can specialize if you're an athlete or if you're wanting to focus on different things. But the foundation is just learning how to move properly. Mm -hmm. You look at a baby when they're first discovering how to move, they have the best technique in the world. And then we sit at a desk for
0: eight hours of our life every
4: day. Or, you know, we don't stay mobile and stretch or we eat improperly or this and that. And we get so tight. Yep. So Dan started to just feel a lot better. And then he, it was, uh, it was the summer before going on the Evolve tour. He texted me and he was like, he, you know, it was just huge, and I got the text at like two in the morning, <laughs> and it was just this this huge uh, text about like he wants me to come on tour with them, um, which I was extremely honored, and I I was like, is this is crazy? Like this is literally an opportunity of a lifetime. So, obviously, I accepted, and I remember before we went on tour, I told him I was like Dan. Um, going on tour, as you know, since you've been doing it for the past 10 years is one of the most stressful situations ever. And what people don't realize, and the reason I say this is because the, I mean, yes, when you look at the old school rock bands, it is a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Sure. But what we also don't realize is that these artists aren't getting to sleep until two, three in the morning, or they're not sleeping at all. Um, They're living out of either a bus or hotel. Um, You have a different bed every night. You're living out of restaurants. And let's be real, most restaurants, the only thing they care about is good tasting food, which is a lot of extra fat, um, sugar, preservatives. So your body is literally being destroyed on, I think, tour is can be one of the most stressful environments ever. But the thing is, is what I learned, it does not have to be. So I told Dan, I was like, listen, I was like, me coming on to this, you got to like, I need to be 100% control of your health. I was like, if you do what I say, when I say to do it inside of health, we will get, you will get through this like, You'll be fine. So, for the first part of the American tour, it actually went really well. Um, it was about eight weeks long. He had a really good experience. Um, you know, he stayed very healthy. He said he had it was. He said he he felt one of the best he's felt on tour. So, the very I remember this. The very last show of the American tour, I was waiting for them off stage, and Dan comes off, and he's like. Um, you want to come to Europe with us? <laughs> I was like, sure.
1: Yeah. Why so not? Why not? Sure.
4: Exactly. So that's what kind of kickstarted this whole world tour for me. Right. And then when we were, so when we, it was now, um, the next year, cause that was the end of, uh, what was it? 2017.
1: Yeah. I think it was 17. Yeah.
4: Yep. So this was going into 2018. And I remember Dan, before we left for our first part was South America. And I remember he, he told me, he was like, listen, I was like, I know like we've been doing this, but he's like, I'm all in now. Uh, He's like, I want to look the best, the feel the best, perform the best. He's like, help me do that. So that was like, I was like, okay, because as you know, you can't really force people to do anything. Correct. But when they want to change, people can change. So that kind of gave me the green light to be like, okay, now I can put the pedal to the metal with him because he wants to, he's feeling how his body has been changing already when even it wasn't even like a hundred percent. So going into South America, that's when it was literally like things started changing fast. And this is where the post started to come out where Dan's body literally changed in like, eight, eight to 12 weeks of yeah. just him living on tour at 5% body fat at around over 200 pounds. All be- and on tour, all That's because crazy. of proper supplementation, proper nutrition, and proper exercise and proper recovery. Like those four pieces, like people want to know, like, what's the key? I was just
1: going to say, I was going to say that. That was the thing is, and that's what I've asked you before too, in our training, which we'll get to, but what's the key to the, for anyone listening that wants to take this next step? What's the key?
4: Whoever's listening, take out a pen and pencil. I'm literally going to give you the keys to being whatever you want to be.
1: Write this shit down.
4: Exactly. So there's three pillars, nutrition. Okay. Actually, let me take a step back. Yep. What we have to know is that the way our body works is through our body adapting through stress. And realize stress is everything in this world, not just a fight with a significant other, not just work, not just environmental, it's the food you eat, how you move, and more importantly, what's going on in your head because stress is just a perspective. We get stressed out because we think whatever's interacting with us is going to hurt us or whatever it is. Exercise physiologically can be the same as fighting for your life or running for your life from some type of danger. So, our body works with the communication of hormones. If hormones are off, you're not going to get the body that you want. So, that's what we have to remember in all of this. And there's There's so much more that goes into that, but that's like tip of the iceberg. Right. Underneath that, what can greatly impact hormones, so how you want to look and feel, and what helps manage and adapt to stress is nutrition, movement, and recovery. Because why worry about the things you can't control? You can control each of those pieces. So inside of now, this is where we write down inside of nutrition, you make your little bullet points. Nutrient dense foods. Makes sense. Here's nice. why vegetables. Oh, and by the way, I'm actually now almost a vegetarian.
1: No shit. Yes. Wow. Here's
4: why. So, you know, when you're younger and your parents are like, eat vegetables. And you're like, why? They taste like crap. Here's <laughs> why. So, parents, this is what you can tell your kids. In vegetables, there are components, there's enzymes, there's proteins that greatly impact our blood and hormones. And these compounds greatly deal with our immune system. Um, So for instance, um, like our heart, our brain, so it helps reduce the risk for stroke, heart disease. It also, it's like, and when people who want to burn fat, this is why you want to eat veggies. There are certain compounds, such known as lutein, that deals with fat metabolism and these like these components are found in the vegetables so by having a plant-based diet you have more of these components in the body that help regulate inflammation um, your immune system blood pressure weight management energy that's why plant-based diet is an absolute necessary it, like amazing. it is, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, I don't care who wants to argue with me on that. If you don't eat your veggies, you're not, it's very hard to get. Not saying you can't,
1: but it's, it's going to be difficult.
4: To exactly. And I can That's say, if, plants are so important.
1: If anybody wants to argue with Brad about anything, I would recommend against it because he <laughs> is the most knowledgeable individual I've ever met when it comes to the human body, when it comes to fitness, nutrition. And that ties back in with with my work with you that you know you started this program after you have these successes with dan you do your men's fitness um i'm looking at you right now in this FaceTime, and you are probably bigger than you were the last time i saw you which i'm not sure how that continues to happen but, well, i actually um, got
4: to about 265 270 holy like not shit. a couple of weeks ago and now i'm just backing it down because i got like I got too big It wasn't like but, uh, people. Listen, it's not just muscle. Like when we gained weight, I, I was gaining a lot of water. There was some fat in there too, but now, now I'm pulling it
1: back, back now. Yeah. You're, you're, you're from Hulk Hogan to like ultimate warrior 89 now. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, so Brad and I started working together. Um, I had gone through a pretty serious personal shit. Let's just put it, let's leave it like that. <laughs> and I had put on about 70 pounds. Um, I was the biggest I'd ever been. It was extremely unhealthy. It was horrible. And I remember I had started a plan, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And I was like, well, my, my wife, Courtney, goes, well, why don't you call Brad? I'm like, "Oh, that's a good idea. I was like, well, he's on tour. So I sent him a text, and then we started working, to, working together to get me on a plan. And honestly, outside of the nutrition, which is unbelievable, the food that you put together for me in that plan is unbelievable. But also the, the workouts are, while they're difficult, and I get my ass kicked, they are also a lot of very – I don't want to say like rudimentary movements, but that's really but what are. it's about. It's about yeah. the movements. It's not the fancy do squats while you're holding a no. your fucking barbell. You know, yeah. you know, it's like it's just general kettlebell squats or um, machine assisted pull ups. Right. Like it's all the things that you should be doing in order to get that place. And I can tell you, and I'm not saying this because he's paying me to say this because he's not. But I can tell you that yeah. I am in the best shape of my life. I feel the best I've ever felt. Thank you. I've I've, just in the past three weeks, I've been doing this new thing. I'm like my Turkey neck is almost gone. Um, my man boobs have shrunk. They're like actually becoming, they're actually becoming like what yours look like. And it's crazy, right? Like I'm noticing this amazing change. And I, I owe that to you because it's, it's what you put together. And I am the biggest believer in your program, Brad ass fitness. Um, Tell people a little bit more about how that started.
4: While we were on tour, um, Dan was gracious enough to um, do an Instagram post about how I impacted his health and life. And then that kind of opened up the floodgates for people reaching out to me, which obviously makes sense. And um, I was getting God, hundreds of messages a day about people screaming for help. And I'm talking about like they have – they are like in the worst conditions of some type of autoimmune disease and this – like I'm their last hope. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was speechless. There was like – there were nights where I was reading these messages and I was literally like 2, 3 in the morning just crying my eyes out. Because all I wanted to do was help and I didn't know how.
1: Yeah,
4: Like it was, it was intense for me. So long story short, um, this is actually where I have to give credit to my sister. She's like, well, why don't you develop something and start doing programming for these people? And I was like, but there's so many messages. I don't even (laughs) know where to start. She's like, I'll do, I'll do the messages. So my sister actually like helped me a lot with reaching out to these individuals and she set up. So while I'm on tour, I'm also uh, having these online clients that I'm talking to and that's kind of how it got started, the whole Brad Ass fitness thing. And then, so through that, I started taking on really just online programming me just developing a structure and guidance for individuals around nutrition, movement, and recovery. Exactly what I said before. Yep. And it was so funny how we don't realize how much pain we're in. A lot of the times we just think it's normal to feel like crap because you sit all day, the types of food you eat, and we don't focus on ourselves. And then before you know it, we our our blood is so inflamed, our hormones are completely out of whack. And we just think it's normal. And by making small adjustments like you mentioned like with exercise, it's it's basic movements. Yeah. Now yes you once you it's like we have to rebuild the foundation. You know, if you want to build your dream house, what do you first need to do? Build a foundation because when a storm comes along or this or that comes along, which is AKA stress in the body. If you don't have a good foundation, you will crumble. That's what I started doing with a lot of these individuals. And again, nutrition movement recovery. So again, that's really how Brad S Fitness got started. And now I'm working with a lot of individuals in that respect. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear how a lot of them just feel like they are a brand new person. Yep. And it's, it's like, what it's nothing special. Like it's, that's the crazy thing about it. It's, it's nothing special. There's no secret pill. There is no, like, there's, it's just, it's what we need to do as a human.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It's going back to basics. And then, yes, once you establish basics, absolutely. We can get a little bit crazier, more intense, more advanced, but you can't do that. You know, um, if you want to be an all like, uh, the best guitarist in the world, how do you start? You start with the chords, right? You learn or the chords and the scales you practice that day after day after day. Then you can start playing Stairway to Heaven.
0: But you can't do that
4: unless you know an e chord or this or that. or The essentials. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with life. How do you expect to be 5% body fat um, with you know an extreme amount of muscle if all you're eating is crap food or you don't know how to squat properly? You're not going to be able to do that. So that's how it all got started. And that's that's really what it's turned into.
1: Now, I know we're going to get a little uh, a little personal, a little bit deeper here with this yeah. part. But um, I know you had gone, when I come out to see you and it was around October, you had shared with me that you were getting ready to go through a divorce. Yep. Um, and then in December, when I came back, things were a little different for you. Um, which, yeah. again, as you know, with all of my crazy texts, I thought that I had done something, um, which is just natural for me. But uh, you were really like... You would not really myself. hit. <laughs> yeah, I would say not yourself because you're, you know, as you as everybody can hear on this, like you're a pretty easygoing, funny, relaxed guy for the most part. Um, uh, But you were there was something off. There was something no. different. Um, What was going on with you at that time?
4: Long story short, I was depressed. So I. There were so many different pieces that kind of built up to this because being on tour that was one of the most intense things at that time that I was going through and coming off of tour like it was hard I had to get readjusted to life and I missed being in that environment because all I had to care about was the band that was it everything like everything was taken care of it was my security blanket So readjusting to life was tough. Then as soon as I got back, I was like full steam ahead with this online programming. Um, And then, yeah, I at the time I was, you know, now going through a divorce. And the 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 tough thing about that was I knew I knew it needed to happen, but the, you know, you know me, it's like, when I, when I say, when I make a promise, I mean it. So it was like, the only thing that made sense in my head was breaking this promise of marriage. And that destroyed me. And so you put all these things together. And yeah, I got depressed. And I got really depressed.
1: Yeah, dude.
4: I, I pushed away the people that I loved. I, I think there was, uh, a week where I gained about 30, 40 pounds just because I ate around like 10,000 calories a day.
1: Jesus.
4: Um, and it wasn't veggies.
1: I can't imagine. Uh,
4: So my body completely changed. Like I was a mess and I hit rock bottom. Um, but, and this is something new. Um, well, I mean, you know, so, and fortunately I, you know, I met during this time, the, now the love of my life. And she literally saved me. Um, She literally saved me because she showed me a form of love that I never knew existed. And even when I pushed her away time after time, after time, she was there. And now guess what? We're engaged.
1: Hey, Um, congratulations, pal. Thank you. Congratulations.
4: Thank you. But she she literally, like, saved me with love. And wow. you know me. I thought the greatest power in the world was being strength and this and that. <laughs> like, being on the rugby field and literally trying to knock someone out.
1: Yes. And what Which you did. Showed... I watched you do a couple of times, pal. <laughs> watched you do that a few times. And
4: But what she showed me is I can now say the most powerful thing I felt is her love. And that's... What really, and what she told me she's like, You can't love me as much as like you want to or I need to be until you love yourself, and I would say my entire life, I like things about myself, but as you know, and we both do, and pretty much what humans do in general is we beat ourselves up to no extent, yep, and she showed me how strong love can be, and I started practicing loving myself. And I saw things about me that I never knew before. I saw things about her that just blew me away. And I can now say the, the most powerful thing I've truly felt was her and our love. So that's what pulled me out of it. And then now going into these new things that You know, Dan and I have coming out, going into the future. It's it's all fueled by just love. As crazy as that can sound, it's like it's like that's what we gotta realize is that the world is in our head. Like we are in our head. The only thing that's gonna stop us is ourselves. Nothing else. Right. And the more you love yourself, the more you have that close group around you because it's like if you want to achieve anything greater than yourself you can't do it alone you right. can't because it's greater than yourself but you have your team your whatever it is your 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 family your significant other your best friends whatever it is your coworkers. It, it, like it, there needs to be that love that connection and that like that really because you have love for yourself it's it's simply put if you think toxic thoughts you're going to create a toxic environment in your body.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's
4: it's hormone. Like, you want to get out of, like, the spiritual lovey-dovey? No, we can talk hormones. Physiologically, how we think changes our body, simply put. So love, yes, that has a hormonal impact on our body and it will make you stronger, give you more energy, and then you combine that with eating right, moving right, recovery, you will be the best version of yourself that you will ever be. Simply put, that's what it is.
1: Your cheat meals yeah. are absolutely <laughs> extraordinary. So when I first came out to Vegas, um, that was one of the things that I saw you do a lot on your Instagram was share these cheat meals. Um, we went to in and out and yeah. I think we got two two of the double doubles animal style, uh, and the French no, fries. I'm
4: pretty sure I got a quad quad.
1: I'm pr- yeah, it was a lot. I have those pictures somewhere. And yeah. we um count the patties. Brad was, I mean, it was the most magnificent <laughs> feast I think I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> if and then I came out there the second time, and I had Roland Smoke barbecue, which I think yes. might be the best barbecue in, in Vegas. Um, it's unbelievable. So I went I went full tail boogie. I got this huge spread. It was ridiculous. What would you say is your favorite cheat meal when you're really diving in, you're gonna go you're gonna fucking go for it. What what's your go-to? Okay,
4: okay so there has to be some type of savory for me and there has to be some type of sweet. Those are like the two components that I feel I felt. With the savory, I normally, believe it or not, will go for like a cheeseburger. Like, I know that's maybe not super extravagant, but (laughs) I love cheeseburgers Um, or rolling smokes. Like, I like their beef ribs. Oh my God.
1: Yes, dude. Yes.
4: Brisket. Woo. Like I will eat like three pounds of that.
1: Uh huh. Yep. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) So, like, in the
4: savory aspect, like uh, in fry—I mean, fry—you know, the typical. It's like uh, you know, standard. Burgers, barbecue, just some good PC meat. I just you know,
1: yeah. Then (laughs) next time we come out, next time I come out there, which I hopefully is hopefully is this year, but next time I'm there, you and I, we're gonna go close that goddamn place down. We're just shutting it down.
4: (laughs) And then from a sweet side, I love donuts, I love cookies. Like it's just plain and simple, donuts and cookies. Like I, you know, it's they're the best. So that's 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 a typical cheat meal.
1: And the reason I wanted to bring up the cheat meal thing is I feel like it's important when we talk about your program um yes. that you have that kind of uh, that you have that ability to work towards that. You know, you work like basically with what we do is I work for 30 days. I'm clean eating. I work out straight. I don't do anything. And then you give me the green light to say, okay, go ahead and have a cheat meal. One meal, go crazy, and then go back on what you were doing. Yeah. And I think for me, that helps me sort of regulate and not feel as though I have to completely – Not indulge at certain points, does it make sense? And I feel like that's important for you mentally as well. So I think that's a huge – one of the things I really enjoy about yours is like, look, 30 days, you're going to focus just on this and you're going to do exactly what I say and then you can go and have whatever you want, come back and we'll start again. And I think that is helpful.
4: Yeah, because, you know, I mean we're humans. We like to work towards something. Yeah. As lazy as we can be, we like to work towards something. And it's – you know. The thing that I truly believe in is a balance. Yeah. You know, and, you know, but that's the same time. Some people can absolutely work in extremes. Like, I'm not saying that's for everyone. But what I'm saying as, as a general population, balance is key. There's a yin to the yang. there, And I found with a lifestyle that is so crucial because let's be real – when i eat 15 to 20 cups of veggies a day you know yeah. kale is not like eating a cheeseburger or a donut
1: <laughs>
4: but the the what what we do need to understand is that when it's when we do want to you know uh, i hate the word cheat but right. everyone can relate to that word um when we quote unquote cheat we realize that it's like okay we can do this, but we got to do it in an appropriate way. So that's why it's great to work towards something and and have that meal, but then realize, okay, I I enjoyed it. Let's get back on the, you know, back on
1: track. Exactly. Yep. Now, where can people, because I know a lot of people have asked me about my routine and the things I'm doing and, you know, I guess, because of how I'm looking now, um, where can people reach out to you if they're in they're struggling with their weight or they're struggling with their mental health or nutrition? Yeah. How can people reach you in order for you to help them? So
4: easiest way is my email or Instagram. Um, my email is bradfeinberg88 at gmail.com. And my Instagram is the exact same, just without the gmail.com. So at bradfeinberg88.
1: Excellent. Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I love I love getting to talk about this stuff with you. Um, I'm very excited to continue to work with you. Like you said, if you want to go out and you want to check out Brad Ass Fitness and get more information about the Love Yourself program that Brad's working on, go on to his Instagram, and all the links will be on the uh, the information page and on the show. Thanks again to Brad Feinberg for joining us today. You can go and find out all of his information on his programs and his story at bradassfitness.com. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at bradfeinberg88 and send him an email directly on his site if you. You want to get more information and sign up for his program and we will see you again in two weeks
0: Radio is recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and Sam Krebs. Our intro and outro is produced by Dumb Ugly. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Foundation underscore radio. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Foundation Radio Pod. This has been a Foundation Radio Production.